0: Welcome to Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan, the radio flagship home of your Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl-winning NFL scout Brian Broadus. He is now the co-host of the G Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. He's also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network alongside our 105.3 The Fan teammates, Zach Wolchuk and Eric Chiafalo. Uh, Brian, how you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Uh, excited. Man, this season is flying by right now. I know we got through a really? bye week. Yeah. And, you know, what, week 10 already? So uh, here we go. And uh, this is a big game. And we're about to have a big bunch of big games for the Cowboys. I think that, you know, uh, we'll see if Philadelphia can what's happening with their situations and, playing very well. But the second half is uh, always fun. And I just always remember Bill Parcells saying this, you know, you kind of know who, what your team is by the time you get to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And like, I think we're real close to Thanksgiving. So uh, we're starting to learn a lot more about this team every week when we watch them play.
0: We are. Um, and and I think we're learning good things about this football team for the most part. Um, they're, they're getting stronger as they go on. I think we, we've talked in recent weeks about you know, the discussion of are they better this year at 6-2 and two than they were last year at 6-2, and, um, and and I think we all feel pretty good about where they're at. Um, I, I, I still probably preferred where the offense was at this time last year, um, and I, I still think the defense was good, uh, but, I mean, it's hard to complain with the the high level that the defense has played at so far this season. We did get a chance to go into locker room. I know last time we left off with you guys, we talked about how we were going to go into locker room today get a chance to talk to Dak Prescott, get a chance to talk to C.D. Lamb, and that we would get their thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr. This is not going to be a whole Odell Beckham Jr. show, so don't worry about that if you're if you're burned out on the Odell speculation. We're just going to update you on what C.D. and Dak said, and then uh, we'll move on to the rest of some of their comments that they had in locker room today. But, uh, Brian, dealer's choice. You want to hear what the quarterback or the receiver had to say first about uh, Odell Beckham?
1: Let me hear from the receiver.
0: All right, this is what CeeDee Lamb had to say to reporters on Thursday about the prospects of Odell Beckham Jr. joining the Cowboys.
2: My reaction? Oh, that's my boy. Um, I'm a fan of Odell for sure. Um, I feel like here, why why wouldn't you want to add, you know, more firepower to this offense? Some would take the Odell talk as, well, he's a number one receiver. and They consider you a number one receiver, but you've taken it. Just bring him off. Why do you have that attitude? Why do I have that? I mean... But, you know, M.G.'s a are not, MG's number one receiver also, you know, and I feel like we had three receiver, three number one receivers my rookie year. So, I mean, why not get back to that?
0: Michael Gallup, by the way, who he referenced there, went on NFL Network on Thursday afternoon, also endorsed the idea of bringing Odell Beckham on board. So everybody uh, praising this one or, or cheering for Odell Beckham to become a Cowboy, it seems like, in that locker room. Uh, shout out to Calvin Watkins from the Dallas Morning News, who asked that question as, as gently as possible, I think, as to, hey, CD, why are you not offended at the idea that they think they need to go get another stud receiver? Uh, Aren't you supposed to be filling that role? And I think CD handled it well and said, look, MG's a number one receiver too. I'm not threatened by his presence. We all, you know, it it helps us win. Let's get more of these guys. Uh, Brian, the, the full court press continues, and I think it's good that we've now gotten to hear from the guys in that receiver room that they're also on board and that they also like the idea of Odell Beckham joining this team.
1: Yeah, you know, they teams do a good job, I think, of saying the right thing. I think when you're winning, uh, it really helps. I know that Dak and Zeke and others talk about uh, the camaraderie that they do have in that locker room. Yep. But I also believe there's a side of these receivers uh, where it's Gallup or Lamb or Noah Brown or anybody else that plays in that room. Yeah, they – to have Odell Beckham would definitely help the team, but there also has to be a side of you, and I'm not trying to stir stuff up here. Sure, I'm just saying it's human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, if they bring somebody, if they want to bring somebody in, if they want to give up a second round pick or give up uh, $18 million when, you know, I've got a contract coming up here in a couple of years, you know, I, I, I think most guys do welcome competition, but there's also a side of you that, it's like, wow, do they not feel like I'm doing the job? Sure. Uh, do I need to do better? Uh, are you creating doubt? Uh, it's only natural. It's only human nature, you know? I mean, listen, uh, <laughs> my guy Chris Ballard at <laughs> the Colts, he doesn't need to be told how to hire a coach, but look who they have as a coach. You know, right. there's there was a little bit of say the right thing up there at that press conference for the Colts the other day, but he also – Deep down inside, when he went back to his uh, his office and closed the door and sat there for a minute, he thought, wow, I have yet to deliver a quarterback. I've yet to deliver a head coach. Uh, we've lost coaches. I haven't replaced those guys. You know, that's the kind of thing, the doubt that kind of creeps into your mind that, you know, you could, as we like to say in the G-Bag Nation, walk out crotch first, you know. and But when you kind of get kicked in the crotch a couple of times – it hurts, and and reality is that you don't want to get kicked in the crotch anymore. Yeah. So I I think that I think the fact that they're six and two, I think the fact that they they realize the type of talent that that Odell Beckham is, I, I they're they're doing a great job of recruiting at at all hands, not just the the you know the quarterback or the running back or the head coach uh, or the general manager. The receivers have also stepped up and said, hey. And even though their pride might be hurt just just a slight bit,
0: well, and I, I guess I'm I, I wonder if this answer is a little different, or or if we'd sense a little bit more bruised ego if this question was posed to Noah Brown, right? Like Michael Gallup and uh, C.D. Lamb, even if Odell Beckham's here, they're starting, they're playing a ton. Noah Brown's the one who sees his snaps and his touches decrease significantly with the addition of Odell Beckham, and so maybe that's one of the guys that. That would have to weigh in on that. I know Barry Church had mentioned on DallasCowboys.com that he'd say he said if I'm in that locker room, uh, I'm maybe wondering how's this affecting a guy like Noah Brown um, because he is the guy who's who's probably most at risk from losing these touches. But look, also at the end of the day, I think you got to do what's best for your football team. You can't worry about you know the the bruised ego or, or whatever else of, of a guy like Noah Brown. That can't be the reason you don't make the move on Odell Beckham. A uh, couple more cuts from CD Lamb here. Uh, since we started with Lamb. C.D. Lamb on the wide receiver core and its growth that occurred during Dak Prescott's absence after week one.
2: Felt like we definitely had a, a bigger role. We for sure had to step up, and I feel like mentally it uh, did us all a favor. Honestly, uh, not having Dak, I feel like everyone else you know, on the team felt like we had to step up. So just adding it back in the fold with the mentality that, that we already have, I feel like that's just the result that you're going to get.
0: I haven't heard this point brought up much actually and it was kind of interesting when I heard him talk about it there Brian do you think there is some silver lining almost that the receiving core had to find themselves and, and had to, to play like a group without Dak Prescott like, like almost level up their play out of necessity and then you know uh, then it, it creates an easier scenario when Dak Prescott gets back I mean obviously you would have preferred to have Dak the whole season but it was kind of an interesting discussion there that I hadn't really thought about yet that the receiving core may have have tapped into something or or a work ethic or a camaraderie that they may not have had normally if Dak Prescott was in there the whole time.
1: Yeah, I think there's some to that. I also feel like that in you were quick to notice this last spring when they brought in a new wide receivers coach Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that the dynamic of the room needed to change. Yeah. There needed to be more juice. There needed to be more uh, to their game and I think we're seeing that, you know, uh, yeah, those guys, I thought, like I say, Noah Brown, uh, you know, did a, a really nice job this summer. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, you know, he shows up in the Cincinnati game. And we keep talking about that. They win the game because of Noah Brown. Yep. And, you know, they, they kind of they got through the time where Michael Gallup, where Michael Gallup has had you know, doubt about, you know, not his ability.
0: Confidence in that knee.
1: Confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a group, you know, they've dealt with a lot with CeeDee Lamb all of a sudden being, okay, you're the number one guy. Here we go. You know? And I I think that each one of these receivers have had to deal with something on their own and, you know, and hopefully the second half, you know, whether they add Odell Beckham or not, I I honestly believe what's going to happen is that if they get Odell Beckham, they're going to slow play James Washington being active? I I don't see that as being something that's going to be pushed for. Sure, I would see that maybe as a guy because then you ha- then
0: you have to make roster decisions. Yeah,
1: and then it's like let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. But if they don't get Beckham, then you're going to see that clock start for James Washington, and he'll probably be ready to go, and it it probably won't be three weeks, you know.
0: So the, the fact do you do you find it interesting? I'm curious. We had heard this was supposed to be the week he was going to start his window. And then Mike McCarthy came back and said, hey, look, we got a tight window coming up here at games and, and things like that. And so we're, we're going to you know, delay opening the window a little bit. But they knew those, that factor was there a little bit. Do you think, and maybe I'm being too conspiracy-minded here, but do you think, you mentioned there, if they get Odell Beckham back, if they get Odell Beckham, maybe they slow play. Do you think the Odell Beckham factor at all is in play there for why they decided, hey, let's not open the window yet, let's see how this goes?
1: Yeah, that's exactly why I think that they they do not they do not want to have to make a decision right now. They're gonna. I have a feeling it's they're gonna figure out the Beckham thing. If it's a yay, slow play. If it's a nay, welcome back. He's he's obviously healthy. He's ready to go. They sure. can talk about scheduling. You know, on his own, and they, and they probably explained that to him. You know, they said, listen. You're not playing right now, We're still paying you. We'd like to keep you around, uh, but you know, we'll keep you on this team, but you never know what's going to happen week to week with these wide receivers. Right. You know, And, and, but if everything stays status quo and healthy throughout, then I, it's going to be one or the other. And, but getting back with these wide receivers, I just feel like that each one of them, like I said, has dealt with something and, you know, they've, they've, They've come together. They've played without their quarterback. You know they've figured things out. I, I think it's made them a stronger group. Uh, is it the is it the flashiest group? No, but is it maybe a group that you can rely on? And yeah, but you put Odell Beckham with this group now. You I think you got a little bit different dynamic to it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the questions. Coming into the bye week, Mike McCarthy mentioned this couldn't have come at a better time for us. They were really banged up. They could use the time off. And while that is the case, and I think that they would prefer that uh, benefit over any potential negatives, I had thought about this uh, heading into the bye week that, man, this... You just get Dak back, back for two weeks, starting to find his rhythm already, and then you got to sit down another week. Like, that's a little frustrating, I feel like, that you can't continue that, that that you know, momentum and that rhythm there. And C.D. Lamb was asked about that today, uh, you know, finding that offensive rhythm again, keeping that offensive rhythm going after a bye week.
2: I just going to, you know, self-scout ourselves from previous weeks and seeing the good and the bad that we did and kind of, you know, harp on the bad. I mean, we applaud ourselves for the good. I mean, that's, you know, it's good to see that you're, you know, Progressing week in and week out, but uh, like I said, just fix the negatives, capitalize on all missed opportunities, and uh, be consistent.
0: We talked about self scouting uh, during the bye week, and one of the names that came up when we were talking about self scouting, Brian, was Cavante Turpin, and and how much more maybe you you get him some additional looks. Um, you know, this is a little more what C.D. Lamb's talking about. I think is just cleaning up your game and and fixing some issues. How much in your experience when you were in the NFL, Brian? did the bye week provide an opportunity for you to like give you time to fix things that you wouldn't normally to have time to fix in a game week?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, with the new, when I was in the league last in 2005 and it's a thousand years ago, as we look (laughs) at it, but you know, you could control the bye week of coaches were able to like practice guys. You were able to like, OK, we're going to practice three days and then we'll give you Friday and Saturday off. But we'll practice, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we'll give you Friday, Saturday off and come back Monday and we'll be ready to go. And that that's kind of how things operated. And now with the collective bargaining, they have to give you those four consecutive days off. And the Cowboys were off on Monday and then not have to report back to the following Monday. Okay, so now you can't work with your players, you know, but what you could do as a staff is you could work until Thursday and you could sit down and talk about okay, what are some of the things that we didn't do in the first half that we need to think about or we could show that could help us win some of these games? Yeah. I I think there's stuff going to come. I think there's me, Turpin packages and usage for him. I think that Dan Quinn's holding some things in reserve for Michael Parsons, you know, and to how to rush him, different blitzes. You know, Dan Quinn, you're not going to show all your good stuff, you know, at, at all the time. I mean, I mean, not all the time, but you're not going to show it all early and say, well, that's it, guys. I, I got nothing else to build on from here. I think as a coach, you sit down and, as a staff, and you get very creative when you get to your bye week. And, you know, it might not be the position coaches – But the quality control guys, maybe the quality, you know, the Cowboys have yet to run any type of screen that's been worth a damn. You know, maybe you have your quality control coaches studying the best screen teams in the league and then saying, okay, hey, this is how the Eagles run their screen packages. This is how Kansas City runs their screen packages. This is how. So maybe you could come up with some ideas and the really good coordinators steal from each other. They're like, hey, I, I, you know, I, Mike's getting my experience. John Gruden, Andy Reid. Andy Reid was a, you know, assistant offensive line tight ends coach in Green Bay. John Gruden was a a wide receivers coach. Young, two young guys, really kind of low on the totem pole, but were always coming up with plays that they'd stolen from some other team. Right. And, and you no, know, and that and that was with small. That was with small coaching staffs back in the early nineties. Now you've got these staffs that have twenty six guys on it. Assistance to the assistants, yeah, is what you got here. So, uh, long story short, again, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see some things. But the the Cowboys, yes, but other teams are feeling the same way when they get to their buys.
0: Let's get to a couple cuts of uh, Dak Prescott to finish up this segment, and then we'll carry over a few for the the preview of the Green Bay game. Uh, but, of course, we've mentioned the Odell Beckham discussion. Brian, you know, we uh, we were talking in the press conference room, getting ready to go down to locker and we were all trying to anticipate, all right, what will Dak's take be? And we all predicted a political answer from Dak, a more political answer than the others had given, more in line with the type of answer Mike McCarthy gave, that is flattering but not necessarily aggressive, you know, recruiting at least publicly. I'm sure Dak's doing his share of it behind the scenes. But here was Dak Prescott being asked about the Odell Beckham Jr. rumors.
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, anytime you have a chance to add a talent like that and knowing Odell, knowing his resume, um, it's exciting. But understand it's also a business, and there's, I'm sure, 31 other teams that would like to add him as well.
0: How much do you think he practiced that answer in the mirror? He knew that question was coming. I'm sure he had every word of that planned out.
1: Yeah, that's – but that's – you know, that's where you get that, you know, he's, he's gotta be that.
0: I I promise you guys, for those of you that that feel that that's a little disappointed, I promise you whatever work can be done by Dak Prescott behind the scenes to ensure he's here, he will do. He, he, he is, you don't always see it up front because he plays the politician a lot of times, but he's a guy who recruits. He does his best behind the scenes to help things out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, and that's, you know, that's he's always going to be that guy that's going to say the right things, not ruffle any feathers, be the company guy, follow the sword when he needs to. You know, he knows those responsibilities. But behind the scenes, I guarantee you, he is trying his best. Whoever's got Odell Beckham's number, Dak Prescott's trying to get that number. And, they're you know, he's trying to call him, talk to him, whatever he has to do in order to make this thing work.
0: Jack Prescott also asked about, you know, something we've discussed, how you're 6-2 and two last year, you're 6-2 and two again this year. What is the difference between these two teams?
1: Just honestly,
2: that locker room, uh, the culture, the brotherhood that we've honestly established and built on from last year. You know, being in last year at that time, you think it's all great until you see what we're capable of, where we are now. Um, so it's just honestly, it's special. Just the connection, to um, defense, special teams, um you you can take that out of it when you're in the locker room. None of those things there, there's not that divider, there's not that separation. Jersey colors don't matter. Uh and we're just we're growing, we're continuing to grow. Um we're we're much better than we were at this time last year, put it like that.
0: I think that's interesting. Jersey colors don't matter. Um I think there was there was a lot of locker room tension the first year Mike McCarthy was here. And and I think that at times some of it may have been Defense, you're not doing your job, you know, offense. So so that's an interesting reference there for him to say jersey colors don't matter. I think that's the blue-white reference of offense-defense. But, uh, Brian, how important in your experience is culture specific to the NFL? And, and you know, talent obviously is a big part of it. But, but how important is it to get 53 guys moving in the right direction?
1: No, that's the most important thing is that, you know, it's you're going to deal with a lot of things throughout a season, but that's – these guys, I think this locker room is very good. I, I really do. I think it's really strong. I think they all really pull for each other. I, I think that to me, you know, there's guys that look out for each other here. And, and that's and that's why they believe that that's why they believe that they can bring in a guy like Odell Beckham and everything will be fine. Yeah. They, they really do believe that. You know, it's Zeke said it the other day, he goes, heck, you can bring anybody in this locker room. You'll yeah. be fine. You know, they're not worried about division or chemistry chemistry problems or anything like that. They are, they are, they legitimately believe that add anybody to this room and we'll be just fine.
0: You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.